Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. And before we start off the show, we got a shout out show sponsor. BioCult is a phenomenal probiotic company. The Boosted product is the one that I most recommend. It is broad spectrum, great price point. And um, at the end of last year, I had kind of like a weird amount of people reach out to me to tell me how much they are loving BioCult. People literally wrote like multiple times, this probiotic has changed my life. So people are out there, the people have spoken and they are out there getting the good results. And that is something that I, as a clinician, is super important to me. I've had, you know, a lot of people ask me like, what do you think about this product? What do you think about this product? And sometimes I look at products and I'm like, I think they have a really great marketing budget, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. But for me as a healthcare practitioner, I'm always like, cool, you're using a lot of like big fancy buzzwords, but like, does your product actually help people? That's the most important thing to me. So it delights me to hear that so many of you are benefiting from the BioCult Boosted probiotic. If you haven't tried it before, head to the link in our show notes, use code FUNK15 to save 15% off of your probiotic purchase. And to all of my Organifi loving friends, get excited, get ready for Organifi's newest product, green apple juice. Yum. It's like a healthy apple juice with all the benefits of the original green juice. If you don't love the taste of the original green juice, this one is for you. It's made with organic apples that are hand-picked, Golden Delicious, Northern Spy, Macintosh, Ida Red, and Empire. So real deal apples are up in this blend. It also has the added benefit of 600 milligrams of ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen that helps the body cope with stress and can balance out cortisol levels. It also has really potent and nourishing green plants like moringa, spirulina, and chlorella. It's so good. You're going to absolutely love it. Order it today. Head to Organifi.com forward slash funk, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk, and you can save 20% off your order with the code F-U-N-K. Hello out there. Welcome back to the show. Welcome if it's your first time. Hey, I don't know if I've announced this here. We have officially crested 2 million downloads on this podcast, which is, I don't know, pretty pretty big deal. So thanks for your listenership throughout the years. Super stoked to have you here. Today's episode is going to be takeaways 
from conversations that I've been having with lots of different people in lots of different ways over the past few weeks. And typically when a big theme presents itself like this in my work or in my life conversations, I do try to bring it forth to the podcast because it's more of a collective experience, you know, like lots of people are talking about it. Let's, let's have a full blown convo here on the, on the old pod. It's kind of a strictly biz episode. So throughout the years, I've kind of peppered in some chatter about running a business, but like all of my other strictly biz conversations, it really extends beyond just business. So many of these ideas that we talk about can be applied to work and business. And I'll, I'll use specific examples of that, but it can also be applied to your life. It can be applied to your health. This conversation is based off of a text. I'm looking at my phone right now. When my friend Emily quoted me as saying, you have to create a space in your work for you to exist. Um, I am all about, and especially lately as my business grows, I am all about creating a safe space for you to be you in your work or safe space for you to be you in your life. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. I shared on on Instagram that I've been doing some business coaching lately. You know, just one more, one more hat to wear on the side. No big deal. And I did ask, like, is this something that you like to hear about or are you just strictly here for the health? And about 70% of people were like, you know, hit us. I love it when you talk shop, hit us with the business goods. I know I have a lot of business owners and healthcare providers, practitioners that listen to the show. So obviously you're going to benefit. But I will also say that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a pitch for why I think everybody should listen to today's episode in just a sec. But I do want to say, if you want to get in on those polls, be sure to follow me on Instagram, the.functional.nutritionist, um, because there's no way I can directly poll you guys, the podcast listeners here directly. So that's the, that's the way to get, your, get your, uh, your two cents in. So I will say, and I, I was like, this is a little funky to say, but like, hear me out. My work and my business and my health absolutely do intersect. They interconnect because the more that I'm living out my passion and my purpose, which I do through my work, that the more alive I feel. And the more alive I feel, the healthier I am. So a couple of episodes ago, I talked about how I improved my secretory IgA. That's an important immune marker. And I did it by quite literally following my bliss. So big ups to Joseph Campbell. Um, I've been obsessed with him since high school, obsessed. Also, strangely obsessed with Emeril Lagasse in high school, which I, I swear I was cool in high school. I know these two bits of trivia might have you believe otherwise, but, but uh, I did have, I did really get into some Joseph Campbell. I think it was ninth grade that I started. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm off on a tangent. Um, but the point is there is more to health than our physical bodies, right? If, if you, if you're new to this show, I might be like, you know, blowing your mind with that statement. If you've been listening, you're like, yeah, no duh. Um, back in what, 2010, when I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become a health coach, that was after I graduated dietetic school. I was like free falling, like, what do I do? Um, and I went 
through IIN and there's this exercise. I forget the name of the exercise. I always want to call it the tree of life exercise, but I think I'm like literally just making that name up. It was a circle. It was a wheel, maybe the wheel of life. And you, there's all these different categories and you kind of plotted out where you were in that category in your life. So like one to 10, like how fulfilled are you here? So you're looking at different aspects of your life and you're plotting out what's working, where you feel great and where you did it. Personally, I'm a big writer. I process things by putting pen to paper. So I turned this into a full-blown journal exercise and I free wrote on all these different topics. What really came out in this process was that there was some aspects of my life where I really just straight up did not feel fulfilled. Creativity was a big one that came up. Uh, Career, because I was like, you know, free falling through life. And then romantic relationship at that time. So once I brought my awareness to these things and I started to make changes in my life based on this awareness, which is key, that's really key, um, this is actually how I recovered from a decade of eating disorders. Uh, if you're not familiar with my story, uh, back in eighth grade-ish, I started dramatically restricting my food intake while also uh, exercising, started running. Um, and so I was dealing with anorexia. And then in college, um, I became bulimic and I was bulimic binging and purging for eight years. So have my fair share of history with eating disorders and tried everything to heal. I tried conventional treatment. I I just tried everything and I couldn't do it. This was the thing that did it for me is looking at different aspects of my life and recognizing where I wasn't feeling fulfilled in my life. Um, I've actually never fully unpacked my recovery story here because it it was just, it's so unconventional um, and so unique to me that I, I was like, I don't know if this can really help more people, but I've been thinking a lot more of sharing that story here lately. If anybody thinks that would be helpful, definitely let, let me know, reach out. Um, lately or recently we watched the Netflix series. I think it's Netflix, Bad Vegan about Sarma who used to own pure food and wine. And it just really got me thinking, um, about that time in my life when, I was like big into like raw food veganism and I loved her. She was like such a pillar of like excellence in my eyes. And I, it just, got, it, it, it stirred the pot. Let's just say that stirred the pot. So it got, got me thinking a lot about this and, and I, maybe those conversations need to be brought forward to the podcast. Anyway, that is really how I put those, um, how I put all of that into remission and, or, you know, just completely recovered from eating disorders. Um, but similarly, recently I was reading a book called Mind Over Medicine, and the author, uh, Lisa Rankin, was talking about the root cause of illness. Now, if you're familiar with the functional medicine approach, you're probably like, oh yeah, root cause, heavy metals, mold, environmental toxicity, gut pathogens, food sensitivities, nutrient deficiencies, right? And yes, those are all extremely important. It's all stuff we've discussed here on the podcast before. But like we talked about last week, Typically, to take a true root cause approach, we have to go even deeper than that. And so in her book, she maps it very similar to that uh, IIN exercise, the wheel of life, literally making up that name, who knows what it's actually called, um, but she has, she kind of has different life aspects plotted out. I'm going to read them to you right now. Overall life balance. So these all feed into each other to create overall health. Relationships, um, that's romantic relationships, friends, 
just overall how supportive, how how much support do you have? Family. Um, one is work, career, life, and purpose. Are you living out your purpose through your work? Are you overworked? How do you spend most of your day? Is it in alignment with your natural gifts and talents and things that bring you joy? Creativity is another one. Do you have a creative outlet where your creativity can flow freely? Are you are you somebody who thinks that you don't have? You're like, I'm just not a creative person. Literally, we all are, have some type of creativity. It just comes out through us in different ways. Me, writing podcasts. That's, that's a huge creative outlet for me. Spirituality. Do you have practices that make you feel connected to something greater than yourself? And do you actually do these practices? Uh, money is another one. Environment, where you live, right? Um, there is a, a, there in this book, she said something, I was looking for the exact term she used, but it really caught my attention. She said something about like her home life is her medicine. Oh, I just love that. Like, do you love where you live? Does your home feel like a supportive place for you to be? Do you feel supported by your surroundings? You know, like we moved to the forest, like we live in the woods. Like, I love where we are. Like, that's such medicine to me. I love that she said that because I'm like, yes, yes. Uh, mental health. Um, um, you know, that's pretty self-explanatory. I, money, I didn't kind of extrapolate on that. Financial health, limiting beliefs or judgment about money or wealth. We're actually going to get into that a little bit towards the end of the show. So if you're like, that's piquing your interest day till the end. And then physical health, right? And I just think it's so interesting that only one of these, you know, these like pillars of health essentially is physical health. And then there's one more that she talks about, and she refers to it as the inner pilot light. And this is like, this is like your inner knowing, your inner guidance, your intuition, right? There's so many different ways that we could describe this. So I'm going to read to you the list that goes under inner pilot light. Am I living an authentic life aligned with all that I yearn for deep in my heart? Do I make an effort to have my heart's longings met? What does my inner pilot light want me to know? When my intuition communicates with me, how much do I listen? What truth am I unwilling to face in my life right now? What within me am I holding back? What longs to be set free? What comes between me and my inner pilot light? Am I willing to risk everything in order to listen to my inner pilot light? If not, why not? Do I trust that I have an inner pilot light? Do I trust that it's safe to follow my inner pilot light's guidance? Do I have ways of discerning whether voices in my head are my inner pilot light or the other parts that are trying to push an agenda? Who would I be if I were fearless? Man, these are the type of questions that like I can really get down with. And if these aren't questions that you're already asking yourself or thinking about, I think today's episode's going to really really help. So that was kind of my pitch to say like, yeah, okay. So this is like a strictly biz episode. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk shop. We're going to talk about, you know, work and stuff. And also so much of what we're going to talk about feeds into our overall health. Okay. So today we're talking about creating a space for you to be you, creating a space for you to follow that inner pilot light, for you to trust that and for you to act accordingly. 
right? Because sometimes we get these messages, but we don't act on these messages. Carolyn Miss is somebody who I adore. I don't know her personally. She's a shiro of mine. Um, she's a medical intuitive and I just love her work so much. And I was listening to her talk and, um, she was saying, you know, we go to doctors and we say, what's wrong with me? And ultimately your intuition knows, you know, your intuition has been giving you feedback probably for years, but you just keep postponing a decision. And then because of that, it starts to impact your biology. And that's where illness can derive from. Like you're getting the messages of what you need to do to take care of you. You're just like, you know, it's like that Shaq meme. He's like, he's like pushing things away. That That's you with your intuition. You're like, nah, I don't need that. Nah, I don't need that. I'm good. I'm good. But if you've been losing energy over time, if you've been like repressing decisions that you know you need to make, that eventually cats up, catches up with the physical body. And she jokes that like we spend all of this time like praying for guidance, but the problem is we want the guidance to come in a certain way, (laughs) right? We want intuition to be a crystal ball. Like here's exactly how everything's going to play out. This is exactly the choice that you need to make. This is exactly what's going to happen and everything's going to be fine. It's... That's not how intuition works, right? We're, we're looking for intuition to be something that it's actually not. And when I have people come to me sometimes for business advice, they're like, what's the exact strategy you used? Who's the exact business coach that you hired? What is your exact social media calendar look like? And I'm always like, uh, intuition, it's intuition. I don't know. I just follow my intuition. I just follow my intuition. And the thing is like, I can show you exactly what I did. I can show you the exact steps that I have taken to build a really awesome business that I enjoy, but there's no guarantee that exactly what I did will work for you. I've created a very successful and sustainable business, not by doing the things that people told me I had to do. Or I listened to the messages that said, this is the one way to do it. You got to do it. The sales funnels and the, you know, overcoming the objections and the cold DMs and the this and the that and the this. Like, I didn't listen to that. I did this. I built this by listening to my intuition. And that's what I can teach people. That's what I can show people is how to access that for yourself. How to uncover the blocks that stand in the way of that. So many people come to me saying, like, how do I show up authentically in my business or on social media? Like, how do I get that authenticity piece? I'm really struggling with it. There's so many voices. Is there a space for me? And how can I come through authentically? And the first question that I have to, to, to lob back to people is like, do, do you know who you are? Do you know what your message is? Do you know what you're trying to do? Do you believe yourself worthy? Do you feel like your voice matters? This is where we have to start. This is where we have to start. It's not really strategy. It's, it's kind of this stuff. And Carolyn Miss says that developing an intuitive rapport with your life in your body looks like this. It first looks like reaching for guidance. It's then incorporating that guidance into choice. It's then living that choice and organizing that experience into yourselves. It's like becoming the person you want to become. 
right? That is truly what like, like this dance of like intuition really looks like leading our business or leading our life based on our intuition looks like. It's, it's reaching out for that guidance. It's asking for the guidance. And then it's not rejecting it as it soon as it comes in. And this is the tricky part. And I'm going through this right now so I can speak directly to this. I am getting very clear, intuitive nudges on what I need to do next. And it is scary. And it is not what I expected. And it feels like it come, came out of left field. And I feel like I told a couple of friends, I'm like, I feel like I'm in that space between knowing what I need to do, but not fully trusting that it's going to work out. So it's kind of like that image of like, you know, stepping off of the cliff and then like hoping you figure out your wings on the way down. Like that's what it feels like. So I'm not suggesting that it's a cakewalk. I'm not suggesting that it's easy, but I also know that if I don't listen to this, even though it makes no sense whatsoever, logically, even though people might be like, well, say what? Um, I know because I've lived this before, if I don't follow what my intuition is guiding me to do, that's when problems happen. For me, that can often look like um, like physical stuff or like, you know, you know, a flare up or getting sick or something like that. And I'm like, I just, I'm done learning lessons that way. Like my body has been through enough. I don't need to like get the, you know, get like the hard hitting messages from my body. So instead I'm just going to listen to my intuition. (laughs) I'm going to cut out all of the drama and I'm just going to listen to my intuition and go for it. So truly this inner pilot light, if we want to call it that, is something that I've used to guide my health, to guide my business, and to guide my life, even when it doesn't make sense to anyone else. In this, my friends, this, this is what authenticity is. It's reaching for the guidance. It's accepting the guidance, even if it doesn't quite make logical sense to you or anyone else. And then it's putting it into practice and trusting that it will all work out because your intuition never, ever, ever steers you wrong. So in order to do this, we have to acknowledge that we do, in fact, have an inner guide, and then we have to create the space to hear and to receive the guidance. And it's that space creating that this is the stuff that I'm like incorporating more into the work that I do, whether it's one-on-one work with my clients, or it's your hormone revival, or it's the Functional Nutrition Academy, like it's creating these pockets of space to allow the guidance to come in. If your brain is so filled up with your, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. I, 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 I tried this, but it didn't work. And now I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. If you create no downtime and no space, there, there's, no, there's no opportunity for your intuition to come in and guide you. So we do have to kind of create that space. This is, let me give you like sort of an example, a real world example of like what I'm talking about. So In the Functional Nutrition Academy, that is the 14-month practitioner training where I train nutrition professionals in functional medicine modalities, okay? Most people within that program are looking to grow and to expand, and we can leverage social media as a way to... um, you know, build out an audience and like attract clientele. Like social media has been been huge for me in my business and it's like such a wonderful way to, I know people say a lot of nasty things about social media and I get it, but it's also provides such an opportunity to connect with people. And this opportunity didn't exist like 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So because I recognize how important it is, I wanted to bring 
Uh, I, I always hire every month, I hire people to come in and teach master classes within that program. So I hired Allie Mason, who I adore. I've worked with her for my own social media stuff. And um, I hired her to come in and teach a workshop, a master class for Instagram growth strategies. Okay. So in this two hour session, it, we um, are going to learn about how to master Instagram marketing without compromising your integrity or authenticity. Uh, Allie will teach you, I'm just reading the description, Allie will teach you how to apply the most up-to-date Instagram best practices in a way that's unique to you in your business goals so you can maximize your impact sustainably. Cool. I'm like, yes, this is a vibe. I'm so excited for it. By the time this airs, we will already have done it. Um, I'm recording ahead of time. Um, this is gold. This is gold, right? There's a reason why people pay her the big bucks. This stuff is gold. And also, it's not the full picture, at least not for me. There is a tremendous amount of inner work that goes alongside growing a platform and growing a business. Uh, my friend just said that she was talking about me to somebody else and she just said, Erin is a prime example of this. Everything that you have seen that she's done in her business, she has also done the inner work right alongside of it. And I'm like, boom, bullseye, exactly that. So first, in order to, you know, in order to like build out an audience or build out growth or build out a social media presence, first we have to have a really clear message, right? Like back to that authenticity piece. I'm like, do you know who you are? Do you know what you're trying to say? Do you have a clear message? Second, you need to really believe in that message and really believe that your voice matters here. Really believe that you have something to contribute, something unique to contribute. And then finally, you need to be okay with promoting that message. Let me say that one again. You need to be okay with some self-promotion. And this is where the wheels fall off the train for people. People will be like, I'm not good at sales. I don't like marketing. I just want to be able to work with clients and not have to promote myself, right? I'm not good at all that marketing stuff. Here's the deal. People can't get help from you unless they know how you can help, right? That's essentially what marketing is. It's recognizing that you have a gift, you have a skill set, and that can help someone else in need. And then you have to be willing to tell people about that. And it's this like hiccup, it's this like glitch right here, the hitch and the giddy up, why so many great business ideas stay in people's head, right? They never make it off the ground. Or why so many practitioners, maybe you're one listening, that truly want to help more people, but just get so stuck, even when their skill set is on point. Even when like, they really have a gift, they've really honed their craft, but they're just so stuck because they, they get stuck on this piece of promoting it. Why? I got to address the whys. The whys is arguably as important as the strat, like the hows, the how-tos. Everybody wants the how-tos. Give me the playbook. Tell me what to do. Everybody wants that. And it's great. But if you don't understand what the blocks are and the why you're not doing the damn thing, you are not going to get anywhere. So I was like, I'm going to swoop in on the heels of that with my own masterclass 
So Friday, this Friday, April 1st, I am teaching to the Functional Nutrition Academy social media growth, the energetics of being seen. And this is all about utilizing the strategy that we just learned, but then working in our intuition, working in our soul, right? I want to address the emotions, the fear, the limiting beliefs, the subconscious blocks around being seen on social media, on self-promotion, on growing your business. So we're going to get into all of this. We're going to do like journaling, meditation, some live coaching, some breath work, modalities to like help you identify and clear the blocks. I'm super pumped. This is like, this is the shit that I really, really love. Here's the deal. Because not everybody is in Functional Nutrition Academy and you won't get access to that. So here's what I want you to know today. If your goal is growth, expansion, visibility, right, on social media or on any other platform, there's one thing that you must understand. You can only expand as far as your nervous system deems safe. So part of your strategy is to identify what parts of growing, what parts of expanding, what parts of being seen do not feel safe to you. This could be consciously, you could be fully aware of this, or this could be subconsciously. If there is a strong part of you that is afraid of the thing that you say you want, you're going to have a very hard time calling it in. In no amount of strategy will change this. I can guarantee that. Carl Jung said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. Our subconscious beliefs, our subconscious desires really shape our reality. It shapes what we see IRL. So if we want to change what we see in our reality, then we have to become aware of what's happening under the hood. And this is all the type of stuff that we do in the Functional Nutrition Academy because I don't know how to teach you to be a leader. I don't know how to teach you to be a confident clinician without imposter syndrome. I don't know how to teach you to be like a badass business owner without creating space and techniques to access your own inner guidance. I don't know how to do it because I haven't done it. So I'm not the person to teach you. If you're like, skip all that shit, just give me the how-tos. Just give me the step-by-step. I ain't your girl. And we're going to quickly interrupt this discussion to shout out one of our show sponsors, Dry Farm Wines. This is truly a vision board partner. I've wanted to partner with them for a while now, as I've personally had a Dry Farm Wine subscription for years. Now, I'm certainly not suggesting wine is a health food, but joy certainly is. And personally, for me... There's just something about cooking a healthy meal with some music and my family and having a glass of wine. It's just, honestly, it's one of my favorite experiences. But unfortunately, I started to react really harshly to wine a few years back. I literally remember crying to a friend um, because I'm like, I just do so much for my health. I don't want to have to give up an occasional glass of wine, something that I really enjoy. Now, we talk a lot on this show about processed foods, but what I actually did not know and didn't understand at the time is that wine can be extremely processed as well, which is why it can make you feel like 
trash even when you're only drinking a glass or two. There are 76 additives that are legally approved for use in winemaking. So this include dyes, thickeners, and GMO yeast. And so many of my clients have yeast uh, allergies and yeast sensitivity. So it makes sense that wine makes us feel not so great. And the top 20 wines sold in the U.S., contain high levels of sugar. And we know that sugar can make us feel not so great. So I actually found out about Dry Farm Wines on a podcast a few years back, and I was stoked because they use, um, it's organically, biodynamically grown, it's sugar-free, low alcohol, and they source wines from small family growers, all of whom make their wine by hand. And supporting these family vineyards really helps to preserve the healthy soil, the biodiversity, and support natural farming practices. So if you're like me and you want to have some wine without feeling horrible, check out Dry Farm Wines. For Functional Nutrition Podcast listeners, they are offering an extra bottle in your first box for a penny. They can't give it away for free because it's alcohol. So make sure you head to dryfarmwines.com forward slash Funk to sign up for your first box. You get free shipping delivered straight to your door, and I hope you enjoy. With the state of the world over the past couple of years, so many of my clients and listeners have told me that their sleep has really been impacted. So I feel I'd be doing you a massive disservice if I didn't introduce you to our newest sponsor, Ned, because they have a solution for you. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants. It's grown by an independent farmer and his family in Colorado. Now, Ned's co-founder and I sat down and had a really lovely conversation about sourcing and farming practices and how they chose their farm. And this company is the real deal. I've been using these products for a while now with incredible results. So Ned's best-selling sleep blend offers a natural solution for a good night's sleep. It contains CBN, which is a powerful cannabinoid that promotes sleep. It has seven 150 milligrams of CBD, and it also has uh, organic and wildcrafted botanicals. You all know that I love Nervine herbs. So it has oat straw, lemon balm, passion flower, skull cap. These are herbs that help to relax the body and promote sleep. Now, if you need help unwinding at night, I highly recommend purchasing the Dream Set because it also contains Mellow, which is their awesome magnesium blend that features GABA and L-theanine. This is a non negotiable in my nighttime routine lately. So it's my birthday month. It's Ned's birthday month. If you'd like to give their new and improved sleep blend a try, functional nutrition listeners get 21% off with code FUNK for the month of March only. It is their best offer of the year. Visit helloned.com forward slash FUNK to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Funk to get 21% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. So we, we just graduated a class of FNA. And um, one thing that I just kept consistently hearing from FNA grads is that the most, the, the, the most common theme was that, was that this program was just about, just as much about personal growth as professional growth. And I was like, all right, first of all, tickled pink to hear that. Like that makes me feel so happy because I, I know that personal growth leads to expansion and growth in all areas, including career, including private practice, including business. 
But what I was wondering, and so this is the, the question that I posed to FNA students, if I had marketed FNA to, to you in that way, so like this is a personal growth journey, mindset shifts, we're going to do mindset work, I'm going to make you believe in yourself, this is a mastermind. If I had marketed that way, would you have been interested? Um, like, would you have been able to self-identify that it's your subconscious beliefs that are holding you back? Or were you just like, no, just teach me the skill set? And most people said no. If it was marketed this way, I probably wouldn't have gone for it. I did it because I didn't realize that I even needed that. I didn't realize how much I needed all of this until I was already in the program doing the work. And I just thought that that was so interesting. One, one student said, I wouldn't have invested in personal development or mindset. This is mostly because it wasn't what I was looking for, but also because I wouldn't have considered putting that much money into myself in that way back then. I need the mindset shift through the program first. Thank you for helping me shift my perspective. This is, I want to drill into this line because I was reading this in the bathtub. (laughs) Is that a weird thing to admit? I was reading this in the bathtub, soaking in my Epsom salts, and I legit cried at this part. I wouldn't have considered putting that much money into myself in that way back then. You guys, back then was only a year ago. So in a year, this incredible person, she knows that I'm talking to her right now, who is a mom of six kids. In a year, she learned that she was worth investing in. Her, the person, not just her, the business owner, because we're more likely to throw down coin when it comes to like our business or our, um, you know, our education, but investing in ourselves, investing in our own personal development, not so much, not so much. But I have enough perspective in hindsight, you know, all these years in to assure everyone listening that they actually feed each other right? If you invest in yourself as the person, if you're willing to do the inner work, if you're willing to create the space, because like I can talk, I'm talking about investment. That might be money. That might be energy. That might be your time too, or instead of. If you take, you know, invest your resources into yourself, it is going to benefit your business. I can, I can just about promise it. And I feel like there's something that I want to say here. This is like a little bit like uh, out of left field. And I haven't even said this to my team yet, but I'm going to say it because I feel like I'm like in the vibe. So we closed registration for FNA. The next class starts April 1st, this Friday. The next cohort starts. We closed down res- registration. We filled the seats. We hit the goal. We did it. Um, I have this like funky sense that um, not funky, like a, this is like intuition. I have a, a feeling that there are a couple of people that were maybe on the fence and, um, were like going back and forth, back and forth. Should I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I, and maybe listening to this, kicking themselves for not signing up. So if that's you, if you're like, this is a full body, yes, this is your sign. This is your message. Email us directly at support at the functional by Thursday, because we'll have to get you enrolled before Friday, because Friday we all kick off. And we'll get you in. It's a yes for you. If it's a yes for you, it's a yes for you from me too. 
alignment is like the most important thing in my business. I'm going to talk about it in a second. If you are feeling aligned, email us. Now you have to have like, please make sure you've done your due diligence to, to like read through everything and make sure you're a right fit. We have your application on file, all that kind of stuff. Um, but if you want to jump in before the price goes up to 20K next round, get on in. Okay. Um, going to have to announce, let my team know that I just, I just randomly announced that on the podcast. Love you guys. All right. So we've been talking about subconscious beliefs, right? Here on the show. And we've been talking about how they can influence our health. It's been kind of a theme lately. But what I'm also saying to you is that they can these, these subconscious beliefs, beliefs that we have like buried that we're not aware of, they also affect how we interface with the world, how we show up or how we don't. So in this masterclass, we're going to unpack why we create all of these blocks around sharing ourselves and specific ways to move through them. Now, today, what I will say is a very, very, very big one that comes up is a sense of shame. So if we feel shameful about ourselves at our core, we are going to block self-expression. Because if we feel guilty or we feel ashamed of ourselves, we're going to want to hide ourselves. We don't want to give the outer world access to those shameful bits, right? So we silence ourselves. So if you're like, I just can't get going, I cannot be seen, I can't, I can't get on a video, or I don't know what to write, there's a creative block, I don't know how to create content, think about this piece. And, you know, Brene Brown is like, you know, queen of shame or shame research, maybe I should say. And I love this quote from her. I, th- I think about it often. You either walk inside your story and own it, or you stand outside your story and hustle for your worthiness. I love words. Sometimes they make me cry. <laughs> That's such a big one because it's like just one that like hits me. It hits me so deep. Um, this is a big thing for me. I had to stop feeling ashamed for the person that I was or the person that I am. And I think so many of us carry these like imprints of shame. I, 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 when I was little, I kind of felt shame with my peers because I came from a broken home. My parents got divorced when we were, when, when we were real little and, you know, there was no other divorce in the family. That was like a, that was a thing. Um, we didn't have much money. So that was like a shame point. I was like aware that we didn't have money when other people did, uh, shame of my body, which hello, so many people can relate to that one. I shame of bulimia. That was a secret right? That was, I was ashamed of it. Shame of like later in life, shame of not taking the exact career directory as my peers. I mean, I can look back now and be like, oh, I followed my intuition. It all makes sense. But that doesn't mean that I didn't carry shame around being different. Um, shame of health issues when I started to struggle with health stuff. What this, when we carry around shame about different parts of ourselves, what we feel is like, I'm inherently bad. And I'm afraid that people are going to find out. And so to keep people from finding out, I'm going to hide parts of myself. So the thing about that is like, if deep down you feel wrong, bad, unworthy, like inherently wrong, and you're afraid of people finding out, how are you going to attract people to you, right? That's an energetic mismatch. Because you're saying, I want this thing. I want to grow my business. I want to expand my platform. 
I, I want this. But deep down, I don't really feel like I deserve it or it feels really scary. The thing that blows all of this up is realizing that pretty much everyone feels this way. And it's all a lie. It's all a lie. So if you can claim your story, and this is big stuff. This is stuff that like, you know, we spend a lot of time unpacking in your hormone revival. This is stuff we spend time unpacking in the Functional Nutrition Academy. So I'm just kind of giving you like a teaser here. If you can claim your story, if you can walk inside your story, you get to control the narrative. You get to tell your story. And that is really, really powerful. My audience and my business really grew when I kind of like let my freak flag fly. When I talked about all the stuff that I wanted to talk about without shame, boundaries, like just like badassery, entrepreneurship, manifestation, witchy shit, like just like, I just like laid it bare, you know? And it wasn't like a strategy. It was just, it's like, I just wanted to be who I am. And I just didn't want to like hide it anymore. When you put your own shit on blast, the shame pretty much just goes away. I'm going to like paraphrase as a Brene Brown quote when it's like, when you shine your light on shame, the shame ceases to exist. A, a real, uh, an example of this is the bulimia. Like that was a deep, dark secret for eight years. Carrying around a secret of in shame for eight years. God, that's a heavy burden. I told no one. I hid it. I carried so much shame. Even after recovery, I didn't really like to talk about it. It wasn't until I opened, started opening up about it more in like my, my, um, like my, work life, my like public life, if you will. When I started talking about it, the shame went away. Today, I feel zero shame about it. I can talk about it. No problem. No shame whatsoever. But that's because I took it out of hiding. When you put your shit on blast, you realize that those parts of yourself really aren't bad. So like why spend all this time hiding them? And when you stop hiding them, that's when you connect to people on such a deeper level. In this my friends, this is authenticity. This is the buzzword that everyone is after. This is the thing that people are trying to manufacture. If you want to show up authentically, stop fucking hiding. Know yourself and show other people who that true self is. It's not a marketing strategy. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be but it can help your business. It can help to grow your audience because people are looking for real connections. Jessica uh, Zwig, I don't know if I'm saying her name right. She is the CEO of Simply Be, which is a personal branding company. She says that real connections are the foundation of any powerful business, brand, or platform real connections because people don't connect with brands. They connect with people, right? You know this. I'm not teaching you anything you don't know. But I just read this stat last night. Consumers with an emotional connection to a brand have a 306% higher lifetime value. When they have that emotional connection, I just made me think of last weekend, um, we went into Boston. One of my best friends, my best childhood friend, Meredith Bonner. (laughs) It is so hard to call childhood friends by their maiden or by their married name. Have you found that? I want to say Meredith Kier so badly. Even she shipped my, um, she shipped my stuff in, uh, to my house and the name was Erin Jowett. So <laughs> we are, we are uh, 
refusing to acknowledge each other's uh, married names, I guess. It's, it's kind of a funny thing. Anyway, she is a top stylist in Boston, go Meredith. And she works uh, throughout, uh, through Saks. And we went in there because I, I really wanted to get a new purse. And I'm not a big shopper at all. So this is kind of like what she does. And she's like, I walked in and I'm like, you know, there's like Louis Vuitton. She's like, ugh, no. Uh, there's like, there's Chanel. There's like all these different brands. And she's like, Chloe, you want Chloe. And she started to tell me about Chloe's uh, like newish creative director. I think it was back in 2020 that she came on, Gabriella Hurst. And she started to tell me about this woman who I've since done like a real deep dive on and how she like approached Chloe with like, you know, like with sustainability in mind and like, like ways to like, just make the company so much better. She, she's all about like sustainability and ethics and sourcing of materials. And she's just like, honestly, she's like a bad bitch. And I was like, yeah, yes. And so like now, like I'm a lifer, not because I was like, Chloe makes the prettiest bags, but because I'm like, I love her. I love what she's about. And I love that this purchase, I get to like, you know, I get to like, it's an extension of my own personal brand. It's an extension of my own belief systems and value systems. So, and it's a kind of a silly example, but it's like, this is truly how we connect. I didn't connect with the brand. I connected with the person behind the brand. And I think about that in my own business. I want people to connect with me, the real me not some fictitious version of myself that I have to try to uphold, not some like weird, more palatable version of myself that will like get people to like me better. It's like, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I want my business to be a reflection of me, not some fake phony version of me that I've like manufactured. I was talking to Allie Mason and she was talking about content pillars. And one of those content pillars can be your personal philosophy. And she's like, you, you really kind of like knock that out of the park like that, you know, like people get it, people get what you're doing. So my question to you is, do you know what your personal philosophy is? Like, who are you? One thing that she said, she's like, one thing that we're not talking about is that the fact that like music is one of your pillars and I was like, you know, I want to tell you this story because it's like so cool to me. And it's just like, this is one of those like moments where I'm like shining a little bit of light on something that like might have felt like shame. And instead I'm realizing it. it's like superpower. It's like a superpower, right? Being me with all my like warts and bumps and bruises and all of that is my superpower. But I, back in, I don't know, back in when we were all in quarantine, I did this reels on Instagram and it was making energy balls, me and Hattie making energy balls. And it's like nothing. I mean, how many recipes of energy balls have you seen? Like a million, 12 million? Like it's nothing like riveting. It's nothing earth shattering. This information is like not the, like the most potent and powerful, but I set it to a Beastie Boy song and somehow that reels ended up with another nutritionist. And she's like, who is this bitch playing Beastie Boys, you know, making reels, making energy balls, playing Beastie Boys. And evidently she commented and I commented back. And at that point, no, she told me this story. She told me this story. At that point, she's like, I'm, I'm a lifer, you know? And she ended up signing up for this round of the Functional Nutrition Academy. It wasn't the content that I was putting out. It wasn't the information that I was putting out that captivated her. It was literally me just being me. These 
are like the quirky parts of ourselves. Not to say Beastie Boys is quirky, but you know, like go to my reels. I'm not doing trending music. I'm doing music I like. I get, I get what the algorithm wants for me. And I'm saying buck the system. I'm not doing voiceovers. I'm not doing like weird music that I don't like just to get some attention. I'm going to show up as me and I am going to trust that the people that like align with that are going to show up. It's worked pretty well so far. But these are the pieces that like we feel like we shouldn't share. And yet it's the very thing that might connect us with our people, that probably will connect us with our people, like the people that need our work. So the more that I stopped hiding parts of myself, the more I wanted more of it, right? And I'm like, oh, it feels really good to not have to have to hide. It feels really good to be like fully expressed. But this is where boundaries um, kind of came in because it was like out of necessity. There is, I'm not going to try to like make this sound like it's like all fun and roses to be like truly yourself because the reality of the situation is that when some people see a woman fully expressed, they lose their damn minds and they want to tell you about it. They want to tell you why what you're doing is wrong, how you're, you know, what you're saying is wrong, how you're saying it is wrong. People love that shit. So I'm not saying that it's like, you know, like you're not going to get some clap back, but this is when I started to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to set some boundaries because my priority, I rec- I realize this, uh, especially on Instagram and, and, you know, other places, my priority is keeping that space a place that feels comfortable for me to be me. Let me say that again for the cheap seats in the back. My priority is keeping my work a place where I get to be me. I know it's a crazy idea. I know it's a novel thought, but it is kind of like the ethos of my business. Like I gotta, I gotta be me. You know, I got to be me. And boundaries is one of the ways that, absolutely one of the ways that I create a space in my work for me to be me. And when I first started talking about boundaries, people are like, okay, but I don't run a business. How does this apply to friends, family, like personal life. And I was like, you know what? I don't really know. I'm not the expert here because I hadn't really practiced it all that well. And so what I can tell you now years later is that by creating boundaries out of necessity on social media, I started to put boundaries in place in other parts of my business. And I started to like really feel like I was thriving because I could be me. It was a safe place for me to be me. And the more I kind of like gained momentum with that or like gained confidence with that, the more I could start doing it in other places. And so setting boundaries in my business allowed me to start setting boundaries in my personal life. What I found that to be a lot more challenging. So um, I think I've said that here before, but I think it's worth repeating. Anyway, I'm not going to get into the whole boundary stuff because I've talked about it so much. You can go to my Instagram highlights. There's other um, episode 124 uh, is a Strictly Biz episode. Episode 139 is a Strictly Biz episode. I, I talk about boundaries. You can just like go to the website too and search boundaries and like a lot of different things will pop up because I've talked about it a lot. But the way that I see it, if I'm hyper-concerned with keeping everyone happy with me, then I'm probably not saying anything of substance and I'm definitely not going to feel great, right? I'm, I'm going to burn out, right? And so it's more important for me to, me to say the things that are on my heart and for me to say the things that matter most to me and, and be okay with people not liking that. Ooh, how does that one feel for you guys? Not great, probably not great. Listen, if you're a people pleaser, if you're codependent and this feels really hard for you, I completely understand. There's a reason that it's hard 
The Boundaries course unpacks all of this. That's available for purchase. I will link it up in the show notes. I taught it as a live workshop. We've split it up into like mini classes so you can do it as a course. Highly recommend. I've gone back and looked at that and watched it, which is just like something some, something I do once in a while. And I'm like, this is good. This is really, really good. Anyway, so outside of boundaries, because boundaries is a way for you to create the space for you to be you. If somebody doesn't like it, they can get gone. Like you can be like, goodbye, goodbye, avidasam. Like you don't have to stand for that. But outside of boundaries... One way that I make sure that I can show up as me is like what I kind of call a vibe check. And I would say that this is probably where my marketing and my sales might differ from other people. Um, Because it is so important to me that my clients, that my FNA students, that everybody that comes in contact with my work feels in alignment with what I do. I mean, the podcast is such a great tool because chances are, if you're like vibing with me here on the podcast, like my work is the next logical step, like paid work is the next logical step. You know, chances are, if you're listening to the podcast and you hate me, like you might not want to buy any of my products because it's going to be more of me. Just a, (laughs) just a heads up. Um, but I really, want people to feel in alignment with what I do, what I teach, what I say, how I say it, how I communicate, how I teach things. Because you're, like I said, you're going to get more of that. Each container that I build out in my business has to feel like a safe container for me to exist. So if somebody's like, you're wrong, you're bad, I don't like it, I don't like this style, then they don't get access in. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Okay, so I promised I would give you a, an example, a real-world example of how I do this in my own business, in my own life. Um, if I recognize that my work needs to be a place where I can exist and I can talk about the things that are super important to me and that I'm super passionate about, because here's the deal. I am not really good to anybody if I'm not allowing like my best self to come through. And my best self is like getting to talk about the stuff that that I'm really passionate about. You know, like even just use this podcast as an example that when I started the podcast, it was very much based on functional nutrition. So we talked about food, 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 food. And then I realized, well, there's so much more to health I mean, I knew this all along, but I'm like, I, I think people are ready for some deeper conversations. And I started to bring that out of the box a little bit. And it was met with such great response. People are like, when are, when are more of those woo-woo episodes coming out? Like hit us with the woo. Like people were ready for it. And I'm always going to serve up the best stuff when I'm allowed to like be my fully authentic self and talk about the stuff that I feel really jazzed about. So knowing that I have to make sure that the container, that when when I'm letting people into my containers, whether it's Instagram or a paid container, um, that I feel like I can continue to show up as my best self. So an example, we, um, we just went through the the whole application process for FNA, like I said, the Functional Nutrition Academy. And one of the questions that I ask on the ap- application is about revenue goals, because a lot of uh, people coming to the program are 
either trying to like kind of get away from the conventional clinical setting and start their own private practice, or they already have their own private practice and they're looking to grow it. So it's really helpful to understand like, you know, is that one of your goals? Do you have financial goals? And what are they? I, I'm, I love, I love when people tell me their goals. I just like love to like light a fire and like, you know, I just, I love to be a receptacle for people's goals. I just, I like hold the vibe. I hold the, you know, um, I can, I think one of my superpowers is being able to see where people can go before they can even go there. So I'm just a big fan of people telling me their goals because I'm like, okay, let's make this happen. So one of the questions is that one of the applications, somebody applied and she was, you know, super fully credentialed. And you know, before I tell this story, I want to make it super duper clear that when I'm talking about your customers or the people in your life being in alignment with you, it is not saying that if it's not in alignment, that that person is bad in your good, or that person is wrong in your right, or that person is beneath you in your like hot up above. That is super not what I'm saying at all. It is just saying that our, like what I'm doing isn't in alignment with what you need or our, you know, it's like vibe check. It's like our, um, our vibes are just off a little bit and that's fine. We can part ways with respect. We can say, no, thank you. This isn't a great fit. And it doesn't have to be that somebody's wrong or somebody's bad. And that is exactly the case here. So somebody applied and on paper, they were a perfect candidate, super credentialed, tons of experience, had a really thriving, um, thriving practice, all that kind of stuff. Um, but throughout the application process, several times over, they mentioned that their goals are not financial. That is not why I want to do this. And okay. Um, and that's, that's perfectly, perfectly fine. Um, but there was also, I got this sense now, you know, we all look at things through our own filters. So I fully admit that I could have been misinterpreting this based on my filter. However, I got this sense that it was almost like we should, like, you know, if you really believed in this work, you wouldn't need financial goals, right? If you, if you, and I I think that's like something that's put on people in the healing industry or the service industry. It's like, if you really wanted to help, you would just be doing this like without financial goals. And that's really hogwash. And I, I get real fired up about that because, you know, um, I have a mortgage to pay, you know, as so many people who come to FNA do. Um, you know, I have like single moms that are trying to make a build their own wealth and like become financially free. And and that is the type of shit that I'm here for. It's like helping women build wealth. Like I could I will talk about that all day long. And it's honestly, it's like privileged AF to be like, I, you know, like people shouldn't need money for this, but it's like, we all have bills to pay. And chances are like everybody listening, if you have a job, you're getting paid for your your job. There's no, there's no difference. And if you're trying to build a business and you're not talking about money, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. So I, I really do like to talk about this. Like women in money is like, you know, I like to talk about money and it's sort of by design. It's not by accident. I like to talk about money to counteract the societal messages and programs that tell me it's not okay for women to talk about money. I think that's bullshit. And I think it's an old patriarchal storyline designed to keep us small. 
Because if we're not allowed to talk about money, how can we get good with money? If we're not supposed to talk about money, how can we become wealthy in our own right? Listen, women could not even open up a checking account without their husband's like cosign and approval until 1962. I mean, that is like in our not so distant past. That's like a new development that we're like allowed to open up uh, checking accounts. And I feel like so much of our value can be intertwined with money and our money struggles can be tied up with self-worth, self-worth struggles. And I've spent so much time unpacking my own money story, my own beliefs about money and like where they came from. You know, so much of it is, yes, societal programming, but a lot of it is like based on your family of origin and what you saw. And I saw a lot of like money, power, dynamics, and struggles as I grew up. And that informed how I felt about money, how I interacted with money. And also it put a ceiling on what I was like, I had deemed myself worthy of, of making. So, th- you know, it's a whole thing. And like when you're in business, you, you really start to unpack a lot of this stuff, e- even when you're not in business. And a lot of people have shame around money, like deep shame. Brene Brown, I'm going to lean on her one more time today. She says that shame needs three things to grow exponentially in our lives. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. Right? It's like pulling the shame, you know, turning the light on on something that we feel ashamed about. And so many people carry deep shame around money, around not understanding it or not saving it, not investing it, not having enough of it. And so no wonder why it's like considered taboo to talk about money. But I am here to kind of redesign that. Like I, I want to talk to women and business own, female entrepreneurs and business owners about money. That is important to me. And the people that I attract, like, even if it's not important to them at this moment, like it eventually will be, or at least at the very least, they're not like putting a block up because what I I don't want to do, because I've spent so long pulling money out of shame for myself, what I don't want to do is put it back in the box. And I just got the sense that if I was in this container with this person for the next 14 months, every single time I went to talk about this stuff, I would feel insecure. And so that's what I, that's when I realized this isn't really super duper in alignment. And it has nothing to do with them being wrong and me being right. It's just that it's an, it's an energetic mismatch because these are the th- things that I feel very strongly that we should be talking about. And she was kind of coming out of the gate being like, ah, I don't really want to, I don't really want to talk about this. Let's close it down. This is exactly what I mean when I say we, our work needs to be a place for us to exist. Us super authentically, in all of our passion, talking about all the things that we want to do. The second that we feel sort of like unsafe to do that is the second we have to question "Mm, what's going on here and is this in alignment with what I want to do? And is this person the right candidate to work with me? And I think it's perfectly fine to question these things. And I don't think it makes us wrong or bad. And I think this kind of flies in the face of so much of what we learn about sales, which is like, you just got to get the sale. You just got to get the sale. I never want to compromise my own sense of self in order to get a sale. But like, I had to recognize like, you know, this doesn't feel good to me. And in order for me to show up as my best self and teach in the ways that I can teach I have to feel good and I have to, I have to feel like there's a space for me in my own business. And that's kind of like the point of this whole conversation. 
And I, I'm telling you this story because I think everybody should kind of approach business this way. I am not going to reinvent any of my containers to fit everyone's individual needs, right? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. So it's my job to be crystal clear about what we do here so that the buyer, the buyer is the one that holds the power. The buyer is the one that gets to make the decision. The buyer can assess, does this container as it's laid out fit my needs? And this, I mean, this comes up so much in our one-on-one work. We have a very specific way that we work with our one-on-one clients because it's the method that works. It's a method that lets me and my other, you know, my other uh, practitioners do our job really well. So when somebody comes to us and says like, I want to work with you, but can you do it this way? It's always a no. We just say, no, we're not a good fit for you. You know, again, nobody's wrong here. Nobody's doing anything wrong. There's no bad blood. It's just that it's not a good fit. This is what we do. If this doesn't work for you, we're not a good fit for you. And I just feel like sales kind of can sometimes teach us like we just got to get the sale. Do what you got to do to get the sale. Or we can feel this pressure to get the sale, especially when you're first starting out. Like every sale matters. It like really, really, really matters. Not to say it doesn't matter like later on in the game, but it, you know, you're really, it, it's, it's a way to build businesses to get those sales, get those sales, get those sales. But you gotta like maintain your sense of self or you're going to just like lose yourself in the process. When you hear me say on the podcast or on social media, I can't change me to make you happy. Those, those aren't just words that I say that permeates through my entire business. That permeates through my marketing, through my onboarding process, who I work with. And so for you, can you create a business for yourself where you get to exist as you, where you don't feel like you have to morph and shapeshift yourself or your offerings to fit everyone else's needs? Can you create a business where the more you figure out who you are, the more true to yourself that you are, the more you allow yourself to follow your intuition, to follow your inner nudges, to follow your inner guide, to follow your inner pilot light, your inner wisdom, the more you attract the exact right match of clients. Because I'm going to sit here, I'm going to hone my craft, right? Always, we're always honing our our skill set, working on our craft. And I'm going to do lots and lots and lots of inner work to get myself to a place where I know myself and I understand my needs and I understand my desires a little better. And I'm going to keep telling people about what I'm doing. And in doing it that way, I get to magnetize the right people to me. And that feels so good. That's a situation where everyone wins. And I have, I get to do this without like any weird sales tactics that feel out of alignment for me. I get to do it my way, right? I got to build my business my way. Do you know how good that feels? Because I shone a light on my shamey bits and I refuse to go dark on myself. I refuse to compromise myself in order to make a sale. I got to build out a community and an audience and a clientele that I love. I adore my work. And I feel deeply respected by the people in my community. And I'm honored to show up and serve in all of the ways that I do. That's a magical thing. And it can be yours. You can do this too. Another Jessica uh, quote here. 
when you free yourself to simply be yourself, your confidence grows, your joy expands, and your value increases. This is a daily practice, not a destination. So as always, I hope you derived something from this episode. And if you did, please, my friends, please share. Share with some other business owners or practitioner buddies of yours. We always want to pay it forward and spread the love. I will catch you next week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.